0: Hello and welcome to Mediation Matters. This series of podcasts explores how mediation can make the world a better place. Join me, Adam Gersh, founder and CEO of Global Mediation, the most active and fastest growing national provider of mediation services, as I discuss the latest developments, trends, updates, and important topical questions with real experts in the field. In this series, we'll be exploring how to disagree well. We will take a behind the scenes look at mediation and we will share essential mediation skills and their practical application in a variety of conflict situations. And now for our special guest, enjoy the podcast. So today I'm delighted to welcome my good friend and esteemed colleague, Anthony Metzer, Queens Council, uh, Head of Chambers at at, uh, Goldsmith Chambers, where uh, I practice as a barrister as well. And, uh, Anthony Metzer is a deputy high court judge, as well as a Queen's Counsel, and um, I can call you Tony, can't I? You've done <laughs> you've done lots of judging, I think, in the Immigration and Asylum Tribunal for quite a number of years. Is that right? And, yes, uh, two thousand
1: and more years than I remember, but I think about two thousand and two. Although I stopped doing that uh, a couple of years back.
0: And you're also you still a first uh, tier tribunal judge at the War Pensions and Armed. Forces yeah, I do that
1: too, when I have tribunal. a tribunal.
0: Um, But you do lots of things, crime, immigration, actions against the police, defamation and inquest. And I've had the uh, privilege and honour of being in cases uh, uh, with uh, Tony as well. So really delighted and welcome to Mediation Matters.
1: Lovely to Uh, be here, Adam. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. And um, really, it's wonderful to get a a perspective really from a a judicial uh, standpoint, because uh, you're up there being called my lord now when I'm not calling you Tony and uh, other people are, are are litigating um really interested to hear um you know your view uh, fr- from the bench really of of litigation and and how that goes and 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 how involved people are in litigation cases
1: well yeah, thank you um it's been a real I actually sitting as a judge and particularly so since I've become a deputy i mean i um Um, I think it's true that there's a great responsibility that comes on the judge, but you also learn so much from the process of judging that uh, you understand uh, much more clearly. And it's improved my own advocacy to see quality advocacy made towards me. But I think the thing that really has... um, uh, been really apparent as a judge, particularly as, as I say, a deputy, but even, even, certainly true also when I as an immigration judge, is that responsibility means in the end that someone's going to win and someone's going to lose, and that that is um, quite. Scary from a judicial point of view, because obviously uh, the implications of that okay it can be appealed, but nonetheless, the, the, if we're making primary findings of fact, you know, the chart that if you try and stick to the law fairly accurately, then it, it, the opportunity for appeal is considerably lessened. But also, I think that the thing that has really taught me is the much more clearly is is how scary it is for the litigants themselves, because they. Um, they are very largely um, uh, they're very largely on the sideshow of the advocacy made on both sides by the lawyers, even though they're the clients and they're the one ultimately that has to live with the decision whilst the lawyers of course will move on to their next case
0: and they're all sort of watching from the sidelines as you say this whole um, antiquated um, scenario play out in in with all sorts of legal Exactly,
1: um, so they, they o- often don't really uh, totally understandably. they may be highly intelligent people, but they don't understand the legal process, the language, uh, the way it works. Um, and, and it's very easy from, a, from the judge's point of view to enter into a, a, a sort of dialogue uh, with both the, the advocates, the barristers uh, or the lawyers, if it's the solicitors, um, but forget very easily that you know there are people, as you say, on the sidelines whose case it is on both sides. Yeah. Now,
0: you're not a mediator uh, yet, I should say. <laughs> you've yeah, got lots so, of other accreditations. Yeah, I don't, um, but, but you've represented uh, a lot of people in mediation and, yes. uh, and attended mediation. And um, in fact, we've, we've done a case together where people have been involved in mediation. What I found um, fascinating, and I don't know whether you would agree with this, is the way in which emotions are actually quite important in mediation. Um, but um, and I, I don't know what your training is as, a, as as a judge. But what do they tell you to do? I mean, presumably, I think I think the training cross. as a
1: judge, the training as a judge, is in that way is very similar to the experience of being a, a lawyer, a barrister, or a solicitor. That you are very much uh, you focus on the cerebral, so you focus on the intellectual, on the legal arguments. And in fact, in fact, emotion is something um, which is sort of seem to be on the side. I mean, classically, as we know, when you're, when judges are giving uh, directions to the jury, they say sympathy for one way or the other the other side is, is completely irrelevant to the process of evidence, uh, discerning and uh, determining. So I think that, that for, a, for a judge, emotion is very much to be, obviously we are emotional people, but the judging process puts emotion on the side. Whereas, as we found with our case that we did together, um, the emotional side of mediation is very, very much to the fore, and, and as you recall in that case, the the client um, was very keen to speak. And of course, it's rare, particularly unless a litigant acts in person, for the for, unless they're giving evidence for the to hear from one of the parties. But in the mediation process, which I think is ultimately much more satisfactory and satisfying from their point of view, emotion is very much at the fore, and they can give a very emotive and powerful summary of what they're upset about, why they're hurt about, what what aggravates them and why they're looking for address.
0: And do you remember that case? Um there's a specific case I have in mind and the stakes were high. And we were both representing um this lay client who had a very um emotionally charged case. And we yes. had a long debate didn't we about whether he would give the opening statement in the mediation or it would be done by the lawyers. And in mm. the end he, he he gave it he had a long list of really um, important factual um, background that he wanted to get across and um, uh, do, do you want to describe what, what happened? Yeah I
1: think that's right I mean he, he it, often I've, I have done as counsel I've done quite a lot of mediations and the general advice is to keep quiet in relation to the clients and let the lawyers argue obviously privately they talk to us but on the whole Um, you know, let the lawyers do it to, um, you know, advance the argument best, not give the opportunity for the other side to see uh, what kind, how how good a witness will be, because obviously that gives them preparation before they cross-examine them if the matter goes to trial, if the mediation process doesn't work. He didn't take our advice. And I have to say, I think he did really impressively. He was, he really sort of tore the other side to pieces in his submissions and he prepared a really, really good Uh, argument and I uh, although it's nice to think that we we actually got a very good result for him it's nice to think it's down to a really clever uh, clever work by us and or the role of the mediator in that case Uh, I think the lay client and his very powerful emotive words were a major contribution towards getting a really good result from his I think he really he really shook the other side yeah
0: I I remember the the closing it, it, it all got very overwhelming and in the end, he just threw all his papers across the table, didn't he? and sort of said, "You have made a big mess of all this. Yeah. For me to, you've left me with a big mess, and you've messed up my life in this respect." And, right. and 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 I think the QC on the other side and the junior just didn't know really where to put them. No, they didn't. Years of legal training didn't really uh, cover that. So yeah,
1: I mean, as you say, after that, I think everything after that was about coming to a, re- a result which was going to be the best for him. But he'd really he'd. Um, he'd really set a really powerful and emotive summary of what they had done to him.
0: Absolutely. And um, I I suppose the other thing to think about in terms of mediation versus litigation in the courts is where it arises, because uh, mediation can, of course, come at any time and can come a lot um, early on. Um, We've all been in cases, I think, where um, people have really been quite churlish and and, and got on and on and on with a case, even if they're advised against it. Yeah. And um, I think that uh, I know someone who used to say that I know many lawyers who've uh, uh, bought you know fantastically expensive yachts out of people who um, think that it's all about the principle. Uh, we will come yeah. across uh, those, but I but I mean, th- th- there's cases as well that we we've, we've both been aware of where people have really unwisely just ploughed on and on and yeah. on
1: yeah um, i mean i'm going to give an, i'm going to talk about that example where we both um, were very aware of but i'm going to give a counter example after that where the mediation process was was cathartic and effective in a different way from from the case that we've just talked about so I totally agree there are times in which um, which uh, people decide or clients decide or uh, whoever it is decides that they are not going to uh, look for a way out. So, the mediation process uh, is available to try and come to a, a, an amicable way forward. Now, obviously, the process of settlement negotiation involves compromise on both sides so nobody will come out feeling that's necessarily the the best possible result because obviously there's normally about money in the end and it's it's somewhere between uh, the pitch of one side and the pitch of the other that the settlement process works, the mediation process works, but the great, one of the great advantages of mediation, which is why it's so fantastic that your company uh, does this, and, and, um, and I know you've got some fantastic people working for you, is that it gives a measure of control to the clients that you have, have that they may not win, but they're going to get something. And as I mentioned afterwards, from, from a judge's point of view, there's often disappointment. There's one case I remember sitting as a judge where I found against a person who was being sued by a bank and I was, un- and the bank behaved outrageously, but within the letter of the law. And so, the person I felt sympathy for, and huge sympathy for, had gone to litigation, and in the end had lost the case. And I felt terrible for her. So, the, so they
0: lost was- on a on a technical basis. Yeah, they
1: lost on a legal argument. Wasn't, it they, wasn't an equi-
0: It wasn't a fairness. No, thing. but it,
1: it was just- the right decision in law. In the law, yeah. Was, you know, and, and the rigors of the law required that. So, returning back to our situation of our case. The person who um, we knew about in that situation had a way out that was going to uh, me- meant that they could keep, hold up their head high, could get something of a settlement that may not be exactly what they wanted, um, but it would have been at least... Uh, that they could have walked away, it would have been confidential, and it would have been uh, something which would have been a you know, score draw, if you like from uh, using a sporting analogy. Um, they chose not to very unwisely um, and just decided they were going to litigate right through to trial um, in a rather bullying way. And then they were totally humiliated at trial when they were torn to pieces by a barrister who was cross-examining them. Uh, and they ended up being humiliated and totally undermined on every single point. And you have to say, in those circumstances, which became a public judgment, it was a disastrous uh, disastrous decision that they chose to take so that's the risks you run if you reject the mediation option and 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 whilst i've mentioned uh, i'm going to come to another case whilst i mentioned um about the sense that mediation obviously involves compromise one case in which i did a claim against the police the mediator was so good and so impressive he was in fact a former high court judge um, that after the, the case settled and he got a good settlement he actually wrote the client wrote directly to the judge as mediator a former judge as mediator to say how uh, how how impressed he was and on top of the result he got how he how he felt listened to and really felt uh, felt that the mediator really understood the points uh, and that it wasn't just about the money it was also about the fact that feeling really heard by the mediator. And uh, it, was very, it was very heartening to see the mediator being thanked directly by the client afterwards.
0: That's interesting. I mean, at Global, we get feedback at the end of every mediation. You know the clients have the option to to send back feedback, but I suppose it's something you don't get as a as a judge, is it? You you, you sit there, and
1: it must be no. a bit of a
0: lonely exercise that you yeah. you give your decision, and then the parties go away and they say, well, yeah, well, thank and you, the Lord, and that's the, the best, last you the best, of it.
1: The best mediation, the, the best thing you get as a judge, which actually thankfully happened to me recently, is where the losing side appealed. And the Court of Appeal were thankfully upheld my decision. So It oh, so, yeah.
0: so doesn't so, always so, happen. Damn faint praise that you weren't actually scathingly treated by the Court of Appeal.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you actually, right.
0: you, know, you were. That's you the your acid decision. Test. Your, decision exactly. was up, your decision was upheld. Um, but yeah, I was going to go I mean,
1: on to something else actually, which is which you've talked about, which is uh, in another case, which is um, which is something a mediation process can do that the uh, that the judicial route can't which is in some respects the mediation process can be a dress rehearsal for a potential uh, for a potential trial and that can be fantastic in the sense that you can sort of flush out the position of the other side and think you've got a strong case and if the case doesn't settle a mediation you, think, you know a good case but i can remember a case not that long ago where i was up against uh, a silk on the other side it involved uh, a client who w- had a personal injury claim arising in prison and as it emerged uh, he was somebody who, who answered some questions and and the, the process flushed out the fact that as he taught more and as more became known from the other side in terms of because they gave us some documents in, in in a informal way even though it was not yet part of the legal process which meant that his case got weaker and we could see that and he could see that that as more emerged he wasn't we could see he wasn't telling the whole truth and more importantly even at the points where he was telling the truth it didn't, wasn't going to result in a good chance of success on, on, the, on the legal side of things so it was a fantastic opportunity to take stock seeing whether we had a good case or not and actually we advised the client privately that an offer of settlement which we thought initially might be a low one was actually a definite bird in the hand as opposed to the, the risk of, to, of nothing in the bush so uh, we advised him, we got a settlement for him. And actually looking back on it, if it would had gone to trial, I think we almost certainly would have lost. So it's quite useful
0: to sort of see the personalities of the people and see yes. how it actually
1: and also, and also, you know, you think you've, you rely on your side, you think you've got a strong case. And when you see how the other side, they're going to defend it and the documents that might back up their version, it can be quite salutary.
0: Well, classic mediators question, I think, in terms of reality checking is... You know, if you think you've got such a good case, why haven't you been able to persuade the other side? You know, because, um, yeah, you know, if it's, if it's so compelling, your yeah, case, why are there all these lawyers on the, on the other that's side? That's a here? really good the example,
1: because um, I think when it comes to, say, for example, in a very litigious area, the one that we've both worked in and we've done cases together and separately in, like, actions against the police, we tend to act for claimants, that the really strong claimant cases do settle early, the defendants uh, come to a settlement, or if the ones are complete no-hopers, you sort of recognise early and don't take. It's the ones that are 50-50. Those are the ones that tend to go to trial, and they're the ones that are most suited to mediation.
0: It's interesting. Um, but I don't think... I mean, it's, it's, it's now a, a strong option. I think that it used to be when mediation first arose, it became, it was seen as a weakness, you know, if you offer uh mediation but yeah. now i think um it's quite the reverse i think a challenge
1: think it, isn't it? it it's it's almost obligatory certainly in certain areas of civil law particularly claims against the police i have particular familiarity with um it, it you have to give a good reason why in the process when it comes to costs at the end of the event uh, after the case is over uh, why mediation wasn't given serious consideration and rightly so i mean i think it's really important that that the The parties see whether there's any way of reaching a settlement without the full bloodedness and the uh, one wayness of a trial decision
0: and the the trial of course comes traditionally there's a lot of risk that comes with the trial because you don't know who you're going to get you don't know as you say how the evidence is going to um pad out um and i suppose the mediation brings all that forward yeah. but in terms in terms of judging i mean we've all been you've you've been for many you know for a long time and you still are an advocate you're appearing before judges and you're also sitting as a judge yourself what what in your view you know what makes a good judge
1: it's a really good question um i think probably a good judge has to be a very good listener, has to um, really see what the case is. Uh, obviously, I think it's very important to understand the case. And that can, you know, I, I, it sounds trivial, but I've had to try cases in areas of law and know absolutely nothing about in practice. Uh, and I got advice from another more senior deputy high court judge used, who gave me this bit of advice he said if you don't understand anything because lawyers who specialize particularly silks on both sides who specialise, i think it's uh, run of the mill to talk about phrases that are are very esoteric and very specialized just ask them to explain it because it's you're going to have to give the judgment you have to understand that it is you're judging so uh, that was the, the first one case i was involved in i had to understand um what a particular Particular clause was an employment law they do practice an employment law and and they started talking about this pylon clause and I didn't even know what a pylon clause was and I, I you know I stopped them and I said you know I'm sorry I don't understand what it is um uh, it, it's in fact to do with um circumstances um at the uh, what happens uh, in relation to uh, uh, a fixed term contract what the implications are but I didn't know that and and actually if I could have pretended and I could have shown I could have kept my ignorance going, but it wouldn't have helped anyone. So I think, I think good, being a good listener, understanding what the issues are, uh, huge amounts, as is always positioned in terms of preparation by reading the papers and certainly preparation as far as the ju- judgment is concerned. And then when it comes to the judgment, I think a structure is important and also obviously uh, really trying to discern from the evidence. because. Uh, you're going to have to, in the end, make a decision one way or the other. And whether that's legally determined and or evidence-based, I think you just have to make sure that you've really understood both sides uh, and the way the evidence... And then, in the end, you have to be, I guess, you have to be responsible and, I guess, brave on one level to say, I prefer this evidence for these reasons and give cogent reasons. Mm. So whilst whilst we're about it, since I don't do it, what do you think makes a good mediator, Adam?
0: Well, um, that's, that's also a good question. Uh, I think that um, a lot of those things that you've described, but there's, a, a, of course, a complete polar opposite, which is that the mediator is not imposing a solution. And I think as, as a lawyer and a mediator, it's particularly hard because we're so used to telling people what we think they should do. And actually, mediation is all about the choice of the, you know, you're, you're in the middle, you're completely independent. You don't know why people are there. And you don't know what their reasons are for staying around the table and it's very easy to fall into the temptation i think as a mediator to think well i can see exactly where the the fault line is and i can see exactly where this should settle Um, But that's not really how it works so i think again it's the listening and the empathy but also frankly knowing when to shut up and let the people speak and i think it's about facilitating one side to allow them to be heard and um and to to listen to the other side, and it 's tremendously empowering, because I think that one of the things that 's missing in litigation is that the parties just don 't get to speak and um, speak from an honest point of view so in in litigation, I think you're at the top end of the sort of triangle that you 're looking at um, what are your demands what are you what are you, what are you actually demanding? but the actual reality is that underneath the surface. There are needs that overlap between the parties, but you'll never go in and tell the other side what you think you should really get. It's always your claiming for the maximum. Whereas in in mediation, we do encourage people to look, you know, what what is the other side, what might the other side think about that, and there's a bit of reality mm-hmm. checking. And I think that what's really interesting is to just allow the parties some time and space to allow that transformation and allow their change in thinking. So I think being a a good mediator is probably about being patient Mm. and probably about um, biting one's lip if you're a lawyer and not giving the advice that you might want to give and and just asking lots of questions. So Um, much more holistic. Much more holistic and much more emotional as well. I remember being in, I did some time with the Florida uh, um, Mediation Group uh, doing some training there. And they had a personal injury case. And one of the things that they said that they would do is um, a woman had injured her knee and they said, we're going to blow this injury up as big as we can in front of the jury. And there's going to be this big picture of this sort of broken knee. And it was all about emotion. There was no law involved at all. And of course there mm-hmm. they have civil juries. So a jury would be deciding the amount of damages. It's all about the emotion. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I'm not saying that that's the, 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 the way we should do things, but I think, recognizing the emotion in mediation is really important and i think also framing things in a positive way whereas the litigation is about one side you know bashing the other side and you're looking at the sort of aggressive i mean the choice of language by barristers is deliberately piercing and and, and 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 trying to to launch as many salvos if you can reintroduce cooperative language you can make a whole world of difference so i'll give you a practical example um where one side is saying, "Well, the other side's lying and they've been completely dishonest," you can actually frame that and sort of put that up on a board or a uh, post-it note, and stick it on the wall, and say, "Right, there's communication issues." Mm-hmm. And you frame that in a way that actually that could be resolved. Whereas if you just took it that right, one side's lying and the yeah. other lies and they have to be punished, that is a different sort of context from saying right well there are clearly some communication issues that, that you know you need yeah, to be I, so i think i think the mediation is really about looking forward whereas in in the litigation what you're really doing is is, is looking back and seeing what went wrong and who was right and who was wrong whereas is, i think in the mediation you can all leave with being right you know you don't have to doesn't yeah. have to be a right so that, and that sounds
1: really interesting i think there's a particular skill in that you can sort of um, de-escalate by taking language of lying and convert it into communication issues whereas in a, in a court if one party accuses the other party of lying you as a judge are going to have to face that issue and say were they lying or not and you're going yes, to you have to resolve
0: them. it it has to be resolved i think that's the key thing i think in mediation not everything has to be resolved we yeah. have a we have a long um th- there's a there's a very strong Um, skill in parking issues and recognizing which issue which order you take issues in so for instance if there's one thing that somebody really wants and they tell you privately that's really really important and the other side actually says well that's not so important you can start with that so you can kind of match the different priorities Um, and there might be say this lying or communication issue or however you want to frame it but you can say well let's park that and you know you want that apology okay um the other side's not going to give you the apology um, so you're sacrificing X amount of money mm. over this apology. You know, is it really worth that? And of course, if you park that, by the time you get to it, if they get their other demands met and they're actually, you know, communicating really well and they've got a way forward, they might turn around and say, "Well, actually, you know, do you still want a written apology? Well, it's not so important anymore." You know, it, it, the, the demands change. Whereas I think in litigation, you've got to really set out your demands at the beginning, yeah, and you've got to stick to them. It's not usual. In a litigation case, to well, it's not routine to start abandoning your points, okay. changing you, them, or creating new points. You,
1: exactly. If you start abandoning some, then you, you, the whole your whole credit it can be argued, I suppose, that you're holding on to the other arguments, which are therefore stronger. But it looks particularly to the client that you're caving
0: yeah whereas mediation is a completely dynamic process so you're constantly adding different points different suggestions different creative if you did that in a courtroom they yes. would say you know mr gersh mr Metzer, what are you playing at get out yes. and sort your case get out. that's in your
1: skeleton
0: argument <laughs> where was that that wasn't in your pleadings you know yeah. uh, so that's that's really really interesting um so in in terms of somebody who is uh who wants their day in court and what's their pound of flesh or whatever you know what 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 would be your uh, advice really from the fr- fr- from the bench in terms of launching into uh, okay. litigation
1: well uh, i i genuinely think this is not just because I, this is this is uh, um uh, this has being brought for the purposes of mediation i genuinely think uh, court and the court process is a absolute last resort and whether you can settle a case without uh, mediation between the parties before you can get to mediation. That is, that is, unless you've got the most unbelievably strong case, which normally would settle, uh, we always encourage settlement. And if you can't get settlement through the process of the lawyers litigating at uh, an early stage, mediation is the next best thing. Uh, in fact, arguably a better thing, because for the reasons that I've already said to you, which is that you can really understand uh, that clients can feel heard. Uh, can express themselves in very strong terms if needs be and with for a skilled mediator to get a result avoiding the whole and uh, really quite draconian court process it's so much to be encouraged as i said before it may, you may not get the best result but you'll get a result that's in your control that you you've had you've had an active role in uh, and you and you've reached you reached a point of saying okay it may be okay between gritted teeth but it's still okay as opposed to a situation which you go before a judge and judges do vary, as you rightly say, that we all have our human prejudices, isn't it? And it is no guarantee that, that a, a judgment can be successfully appealed. You, you may win, uh, but you, you may have a crashing defeat and you've got huge cost implications and the uh, humiliation of having lost the case. And even if you win, you might, you are going to get all your costs back. You'll get a proportion, fair, fair enough, Assume the other party can meet them. But also, even when you win you may not win on everything you may be the judgment is uh doesn't win on every point or the judgment the judge says critical things about the party that wins so even from a winning point of view there may be a level of feeling rather hollow victory so um it is uh, i they're, they're they're two very important parts of the legal process uh obviously ultimately there, there may come a need for a case to be resolved by a judge but it absolutely should be the last port of call and and the role of mediation i think is really really fundamental in terms of the whole legal process
0: well thank you for setting that out it's really helpful and i suppose um to end on a on a bit of a plug if people were going to have to um litigate their cases i suppose you you would uh, uh, recommend barristers from our goldsmith chambers wouldn't you Absolutely, of course. <laughs> <laughs> <You>. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, listen, uh, Tony, it's been a real pleasure. I could talk all afternoon
1: about the uh, Thank you, Adam. I really okay. enjoyed it.
0: Really appreciate having you on. And uh, thank you very much indeed for, uh, for, for joining us.
1: Thank you, Adam. It's been lovely. Thank Thanks. you.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mediation Matters. Please remember to subscribe for future episodes.